0: Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician and I have been working with these children for over 30 years. And I can tell you that with the right support, They all do great. So enjoy these podcasts and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. Greetings. Today I'm going to talk about adult roles in early childhood education and health. Now I want to warn you that I will be presenting some numbers and statistics that are boring to many people. But this will be the foundation for what I'm asking you to consider as we look at how the early childhood education system should look as we continue to wade through the pandemic and beyond. We already know that many people, especially women, can't return to work because they can't find childcare. And many childcare workers won't go back into their field because of the paltry pay with few benefits that they have to accept. We need to understand how this came to be, how to improve the lives of these professionals who care for our children, and help prepare them for the K-12 education system. Our childcare and preschool services are extremely fragmented in the US. The funding is also not equitable for the families or the providers. Now, there is a growing demand for the professionalism of the industry with education and certification. I'm not against childcare professionals having the needed training, but I am against demanding it without providing both a way for them to pay for it and improve their wages. Child care as an informal means of providing care to children when mothers had to work outside the home has been around for hundreds of years. There would be eras where churches would provide this care for widowed or otherwise single mothers so that they could support their children. In the Great Depression, the federal government provided federally funded childcare so that teachers, nurses, cooks, and others who had lost their jobs could get whatever work they could. This financial support ended with the start of World War II. In World War II, the federal government found that it again needed to pay for childcare so that women could work in the factories. It was felt to be a necessary expenditure of federal funds to have enough employees to support the manufacturing needs of the war. The Lanham Act of 1942 to 1946 provided federally funded childcare centers in 41 states. But with the end of World War II, funds began to dry up. Women were told to go home and care for their children. It was declared that children in childcare would be emotionally harmed. But the world was changing in the 1950s and the 1960s. More people were moving away from their birth homes. And so there was less support via extended families. There was also an increase in divorce. Women were now needing to work more to support themselves and their children. A significant number of these women would end up in childcare in the industry itself. This industry has a considerable number of single parents and women of color. The pay, however, was and is not enough to keep them out of poverty. According to the UC Berkeley Center for the Study of Childcare Employment 2020 Index on the Early Childhood Workforce, They say, quote, for a single adult with no children, median childcare worker wages in only 10 states, being Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Maine, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, Vermont, Washington, and Wyoming are equivalent to or more than the living wage for the state. Roughly one half of the states are at least $1 per hour short of the threshold for a living wage for a single adult. But the vast majority of childcare workers do have children who then also need childcare. There is not a single state where childcare workers have a living wage if they also have one child. In fact, statistics show that most working parents, that means both working parents, Uh, If they're both working, uh, the cost of childcare is about 25% of their income. For a single parent with children, childcare then costs more like 50% of their income. There is also a significant gap between early childhood educators and K-12 educators. According to the Wonder School uh, website, Looking at early childhood education salaries, preschool teachers, on average across the country, earn just under thirty-five thousand dollars. Elementary school teachers earn about forty-five thousand. An early childhood childcare director earns about forty-five thousand. An early childhood educator earns about thirty-seven thousand. A teacher assistant earns a little over twenty-one thousand. A special ed teacher. Earns around 52,000, and a pre-kindergarten teacher earns around 36,000. The ranges of wages for zero to five childcare workers is vast, due to the different economies around the country. But they all are less than enough for workers to support themselves, much less themselves and a family. A regular childcare worker, on average, will make the same or less than a K-12 teacher assistant. According to the US Bureau of Statistics, the range of wages for childcare workers around the country are at the 10th percentile, $8.84 an hour, the 25th percentile, $10.05 an hour, the 50th percentile, $12.24 an hour, all the way up to the 90th percentile, which is $18.13 per hour. Now, if you were only asking them to feed, clean up, and keep them safe, It it may make you feel as if this was plenty, but you're not just looking for robotic interactions. You want your child to feel cared for, socially connected, and exposed to a variety of sensory activities to encourage their development. As your child hits three years of age, you also expect the childcare workers to provide more in terms of pre-literacy activities and fine motor skill activities. State governments are making policies to ensure standardization of care and support to our children. They know that workers need to be qualified for the educational aspects of the job, but also need supports to obtain that education. There needs to be standards to hold ECE, which is Early Childhood Education Programs accountable for providing safe and supportive work environments for early educators. They have to develop compensation and financial relief strategies to ensure that compensation equals the value of early child educators work. At the state and federal levels, there need to be the development of income supports and childcare assistance for low-income workers and parents. This would include income tax credits, minimum wage legislation, and childcare tax credits. Childcare workers also need supports for health and well-being, which include paid sick leave, paid family leave, and access to health insurance. Most privately funded childcare centers can't afford to give this to their employees. Finally, there needs to be a public investment in the ECE workforce and the broader ECE system. Currently, 42 states have stalled on worker compensation with only nine edging forward to improvement. 28 states are stalled on financial resources, while two are making headway. 36 states are stalled out on income supports, and seven are making headway. 39 are stalled out on health and well being initiatives, and nine are making headway. What do these state and federal agencies want in return? Of course, better educated workers. 11 states are stalled on this, and 38 are edging toward forward in policies. It is interesting that they are going faster on expecting more qualifications, but slower on the financial support for these workers. It looks like they don't respect the workers enough to pay them what they should be worth. What are early childhood educators asking for? It's really very simple. They want... The right for early educators to be respected for the skilled and foundational work they do. The right to have just and fair compensation for their work. And the right to working conditions that support their overall health and well-being. That sounds like the same request that most of our country's workers want. But most of those other workers also belong to unions who bring a large, united voice to employers, both public and private. In return, these workers will provide nurturing support, assistance in a child's daily needs, access to developmental toys and activities to support their curiosity and desire to learn. They will help them learn how to socially interact with their peers and adults following known developmental milestones, not aversive discipline practices, which are known to cause trauma both emotionally and physically. Unfortunately, we can't go back to the time when most women stayed at home to care for their own children. And as I noted earlier, that was also somewhat of a myth, since there, always, there have always been a population of women who needed to work to ensure that they could support their children. But It has become the norm where both parents need to work to support their families. And our country relies on these women to fill the millions of jobs. If we intend to see our economy stabilize and grow, we need to support the professionals who care for the youngest members of our society. My call to you is to contact your state and federal representatives to find out what is happening in your state and the nation. Push for them to support legislation that meets the needs of our workers, as noted in the previously mentioned policies that are being considered. You don't want your child to have suboptimal care while you're at work, and no parent should have that. We need to work together to help our, our youngest members of society.